TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. Good Sunday to you. It is Sunday, April 23rd, 10.08 is the time this morning. Dave Schwartz alongside Pete Nigerian and Charlie Weiss. Great to have you with us on this Sunday morning as well. Looks beautiful outside. A little chilly. A little chilly, but it still looks very nice. Uh, it's a big Sunday around here. Two playoff games. The Minnesota Wild hosting the Dallas Stars this afternoon and the Timberwolves taking on Denver this evening. 7.30 start for that one. Should be a great game. Uh, I, I'm going to start this morning, Pete, with an apology and and admitting oh. that I was I was very wrong. I was very wrong. On Monday, I was on with our good friend Jason DeRussia. And he said to me, game, you know, who who do you start? Who do you start in, in game two in Dallas? Do you start um do you start Marc Andre Fleury or do you start uh Philip Gustafson? And I and I said You know, I have to be honest, I think excuse me, it was after it was before game one. It was before game one, not game two. He said, Who do you start? I said, I love Philip Gustafson. I think he's played really, really well, but I think when it comes to experience and playoff, that to me puts the nod to flurry and i'll tell you i probably couldn't have been more wrong and i've been wrong a lot in my sports takes anybody who's known me for a while knows that boy i was dead wrong and i paid the price for it too because tuesday morning on vanita <laughs> my uh, who i who i adore and henry lake who i also adore because he's he's an awesome human being and he, he's, he's just phenomenal i love all those people and he mm-hmm. said you know i heard dave say that <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury should have started last night, man. I I was so wrong, and I'm okay with admitting it. And I and I deserved to be called out for it because Gustafson was great in Game One, and Fleury was not in Game Two. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you never know. I I think sometimes we do lean, Dave, too too oftentimes probably we lean on. Well, you know, this guy's got the experience, and this guy does not necessarily. So. I think I think we all kind of read into that. I've just, you know, looking at Gustafson all all year, he's been pretty spectacular. He's been literally somewhere in the top two or three in in his position as goalie, which is as critical as anything. And and I love the fact that in game one he just lit it up. I mean, fifty one yeah. saves. That's just incredible. I don't know, um I really don't know as far as flurry. I think those things just happen. There are some times where you just don't have your game together, and unfortunately it was on a big stage, and he gave up the seven goals. Uh, I actually had some many conversations with, hey, should should we even have Fleury go in in game two? And, you know, most everybody that I spoke to in the hockey world said, yeah, you got kind of got to do that, Pete. Give him mm-hmm. a shot. Give him his opportunity, all of that, and he can show everybody something. Well, 
I'll tell you, uh, then you get back to game three and you look at Gustafson again and 23 of 24. I mean, there's yeah. a really, really yeah. impressive. He's on fire right now. Andre Fleury is not. And I think you got to go with the hot hand, right? I mean, it's, it's almost like a quarterback position where everybody talks about the ego and everything else. And there is something to that, but whoever is the one, I mean, I, I know you don't want to tire people out, but I think you've yeah. just got to ride that hot guy. Yeah. And right now it clearly is Gustafson. We'll, uh, we'll ask that of Wes Walls when he joins us at 1020 today to talk a little wild. Uh, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think, and I'll ask this to Wes, but I, I don't think you go back to Flurry at all. Um, and that's not, it wasn't all his fault. Um, and, and we'll talk about that with Wes because the team didn't play particularly well, uh, in front of him. But there were a couple little things that I, in watching it, I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> that's not the best way to play it. And, and you're right. I mean, Flurry's got the experience. He'll, 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 they will write the ship if, if he goes back in. But I just, I don't necessarily think you stay with the rotation here. I'm very curious to see what Wes Walls uh, has to say, and we'll talk to him at 10:20. The other big game today, Pete, is the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. and and they yeah. are on the brink of of the season being over, hosting which which we kind of knew. You know, we knew Denver was going to be tough, but as I was thinking about this uh, today and yesterday, I I just kind of wondered is is this it? Is this the end of the line if the Timberwolves lose? Is this the end of the line for Chris Finch? And hmm. I'm not going to say I, I, I don't like, and I never will. And if I do it, you call me out on it. I don't like saying people should be fired. I don't care if they make a billion dollars or minimum wage. I don't like calling for people's jobs. Um, mm-hmm. But what I will say, and, and I actually see, I actually landed on the fact that I think Finch needs a little more time. So mm-hmm. I'm delving into this and, and two <laughs> things shocked me when I was looking into coaching records for the Timberwolves. First of all, Three years as head coach is about the longest tenure for anyone not named Flip Saunders, which is incredible to me. Three years, mm-hmm. two years. You know, Rick Adelman, three years. Dwayne Casey, two years. Sidney Lowe, two years. Kevin McHale, two years. Ryan Saunders, mm-hmm. three years. So Chris Finch is, is in year number three. Here's the other thing that shocked me. In terms of win percentage, Chris Finch – is second all time behind oh. Flip Saunders. He's got a fifty percent win percentage regular season. Flip Saunders mm-hmm. is fifty-two. The closest to him is Tom Thibodeau, who had a forty-seven, about forty-seven percent win percentage, and he lasted three years. Mm-hmm. So while while I don't necessarily think that that I, I think he needs more time. Uh, I can see some arguments, and and certainly historically, this doesn't look good for Finch if they lose tonight. What do you think? Well, yeah, and I think we we have to decide: is fifty percent good? Is that is that what we we want to settle for? <laughs> for the Timberwolves, right? it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just because it's for, and I say I speak as a guy who was a season ticket holder for a really long time, and and I can tell you that the fifty percent of the games is just. That's not what you want, but that is exactly who the Timberwolves were. You and I have talked about this almost through every section of this year for the Timberwolves basketball. You look at the last 10 games, it's usually five of five. (laughs) You know, you you look at the record. Well, they've got 15 losses, 15 wins. I mean, they literally have been there almost the entire season, a team that's right on the uh, edge of being a 500 team. And, you know, do do we like that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we've got a lot of talent. 
did we use the talent correctly? And I, I like Chris Finch. I actually think he's done a good job. I actually blame the talent. And, and I think if there's any fingers to be pointed, I mean, as much as I do like Big Cat, and I, and I, I think the world of the guy, he's just not getting it done, though, right? I mean, even in this series that we've got right now, we're going up against a great Denver team. Yes. And, and, and yeah. we're, not, we're not getting beat by Jokic, though. We're getting no. beat by the other guys. We're getting beat by Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter and other names that probably aren't household names for most people. And, you know, you look at game one and game two, Cat could not buy a bucket. I mean, you know, and I know, okay, we could say, well, he's coming off injury, everything else, he's not back. He's back. He's just not making those baskets. Finally, he had a pretty decent game in game three. We were a little bit, you know, we were relatively close, but, you know, close isn't what you want in basketball. You got to win. You've got to win a couple and you've got to win them at home and steal one on the road. And we just aren't that team right now. We're just this 500 team. And if we want to settle for 500, um, that's a little bit disappointing for me. Yeah. I, you said a couple things that I really, I think are, are, Good to call out again, Pete. And you said you blame a lot of the players, which I don't disagree with you. This is a very talented team that has underperformed, right? That's not – you could say that that's Chris Finch's fault, but the problem is, and you know this in professional sports, you can't fire the players, so you right. have to fire the coach, right? Like that's the way it works, mm-hmm. which you know. Um, yep. I, I think the injuries and, and what we're seeing in the postseason here is a team that is stripped of its depth without Jaden McDaniels, without Nas Reed. They just don't have – and it's happened like every game. They just don't have the rotation to keep up with Denver. You said it. You know, Jokic is, is not beating us, but they have someone else who is, right? Anthony Edwards is doing everything he can, but nobody else is. So right. it's not necessarily – what's that? No, right. No, I, yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, Anthony Edwards actually has played game every game out. He's And he's had some struggles himself, but he plays through those very, very well. He picks it up on the other side of the, you know, the court or whatever, but it's – you know, that's the disappointing thing is when you, when you look at the players and at times you just wonder, man, what's going to motivate you? How are you going to be the guy, you know, yeah. that, that gets even shows? I'm, I'm okay with showing some frustration. Be a little bit yeah. angry at yourself. Don't and be on, too hard on yourself, but, you know, push yourself. And on paper, though, this team, I mean, this team should have been better when everyone was healthy, yeah. right? I mean, they should have been. It just, even without Carl Anthony Towns, I think this team should have performed a little bit better. I also, you know, the other big problem, and uh, you know this as being involved in professional sports as long as you have, he was not hired by Tim Connolly. He wasn't. You know, right. he was he was a Gerson Rosas hire, and so that you know that's the problem. And oh, Pete, looks like you might have lost him there. Because coaches, <laughs> oh, he there he is. Oop, Davey, there. If they come in, they got they come and they go, and so. You know, it, it'll be interesting. Again, I, I me, really do. I think we're in agreement. Dave, let me interrupt you there. Uh, you yeah. might want to rehash what you just said. Yet you dropped out for just uh, about ten seconds. Oh, I'm sorry. So just uh, re- rehash maybe what you were saying there. No, I just I think that with these these short ten years probably has a lot to do with the short ten years of GMs because when a new GM comes in, you you have to you know they oftentimes will get rid of the coach. We've seen it all a bunch, and so I, I just again I don't think that Finch deserves to go i think he deserves some more time i just i guess i wouldn't be surprised if we don't if we see it yeah Um, i don't think it'd be shocking it would not be shocking but 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 i and i don't know that that's the right move i think i think under the circumstances it's probably not the right move but um something has to change and to your point 
players play. I mean, the coaches can put them in position, but the players have got to play. And uh, we just haven't stepped up. The injuries, I, I totally agree with you. Nas Reed was really something that we, I don't think we could afford. And then, of course, Jaden McDaniels as well. Those are the guys that, you know, can pick up a lot of the game for the, for the quote-unquote stars at times when those guys are struggling or they do the dirty work. Uh, but without those two, uh, we just don't have enough people. Yeah, the horses aren't there. Uh, speaking no. of horses, Wes Wall's going to join us next. He's still got it, by the way, too. I, I skated with him a couple <laughs> years ago. The man can still play, so don't let him tell you otherwise. Uh, we'll talk wild next. If you want to join the conversation today with us, please do on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line at 651-461-9226. We'll step aside, take a break, come back with Wes Walls, talk a little wild hockey. You're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. Well, it sure is a beautiful day outside, 1023. Glad to have you along with us this morning on The Huddle. The Wild host the Dallas Stars tonight. 5.30 is uh, puck drop over at the XL Energy Center. Wes Walls with Bally Sports North, former Wild captain as well, joins us this morning. Wes, uh, you know, everyone's been talking about goaltending, who's where, who's where. Um, I would assume we'll see Gustafson tonight, but I'm also wondering if we'll see Flurry again this series. What do you think? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I figured uh, the goaltending uh, situation might come up during the conversation. But, um, yeah, you know what? It's you know it's easy for now for everybody to say, okay, it was the right decision. But I, I actually uh, the decision to, to start Mark Andre Fleury in, in Game Two, I, I felt was the was the right decision at the time. Putting my coaching hat on, thinking about all the different scenarios uh, that was in front of the Wild, the fact that we had. Um, you know, the fact that we had done it all season long, and uh, and I think Dean, from his experience from last year in the playoffs, wanted to make sure he got both goalies in the series uh, early. Uh, you know, Gustafson had played, uh, you know, four and a half periods. Uh, he, he still doesn't have a base underneath him, Dave and Pete. Gustafson doesn't mm-hmm. have a base of playing 50, 60 games, so you always got to be conscious as a, goal, as a, as a coach uh, that you might wear him down as the series goes on, and that's one of the bullets in the chamber that the Wild have that other teams don't have. they got two really good goaltenders, um, and obviously Gus, the way he played in Game 3, didn't have to do too much. The Wild played so good in front of him, but um, you know I would be shocked if he doesn't play here tonight, and then uh, whether we see Marc-Andre Fleury will depend on, uh, on how Gustafson plays tonight. And Wes, I'm just curious, um, from a fatigue factor, from a concentration factor, all the things that are going into being that guy behind, in front of the nets and trying to stop that puck if they can, uh, is, is, there a, is there a limit, do you think? I know you just mentioned the, the number of games and everything else, but at, at playoff time, does it change at all for you that, that you maybe have to stay with the hot hand if, if indeed he remains hot? Yeah, no, no, they're going to, I mean, listen, they're going to evaluate the, the goaltending situation and the lineup from from, day, from game to game, from day to day, and that's the, they've done that all season long. They've had the luxury of doing that because of the way uh, um, Philip Gustafson has played all season long. And I really believe going into this series, um, you know, after the first two games, I, I, I don't know if it was scripted this way, guys, but there's a chance it could have been scripted. Gus is getting one, Mark Andre Fleury's getting two, and we'll evaluate from there. Now it could be a situation where you know, like let's say the Wild win six to five tonight, and Gus doesn't play great, but the Wild just score score their way out of troubles. Then perhaps it doesn't matter wins or losses. Whoever you know, if you if you play well, you're going to stay in the net. 
and uh, only having five games to get to the finish line if this game does go seven. Uh, I, I think Gus can, can, can handle the workload now from, from now to the end. Um, to ask him to play, you know, seven games, a seven-game series, all the games was going to be too much to ask. Guys, listen, it's the coach's responsibility um, to figure out a way to get to four wins, not two wins. That's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And obviously the coaching staff thought that this was the, 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 the best path to try to get to four, and, and so far, so good. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Uh, Wes Wall's joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline this morning. Wes, I, I agree with you, and I, I absolutely think that uh, it was right to start Flurry uh, in, in Game 2 to, to just take that off the table, right? It seemed like it was such an issue last year, whether it was Flurry or Talbot. Uh, the one thing that really stood out to me uh, on Friday night was Marcus Foligno, and, and I loved the way he played. It was It was angry. It was just... It was just different. Did you see that? Did you see a different Felino than we've seen the first couple games in this series? Yeah, I think everyone saw it. I mean, he was he was playing he was playing like a man on a mission um, and somebody that was just not going to be denied. And uh, you know, he didn't he didn't have a great regular season, and I don't think he's uh, going to score twenty three goals every season. But I think he's better than four or five goals than he scored all year. I really do think that he fought in a lot of injury situations and. Honestly, hey, Dave, I, I really think with Marcus, he played great up in Dallas too, but he took it to another level here in St. Paul with his game. But I just think him having a clean slate going into a brand-new season. And I don't know if there's some leadership issues going on. Like Marcus Foligno now is the leader of this locker room. Ryan Suter was the leader of the locker room before Zach and Ryan left. I mean, you can clearly see that there was something there. Uh, those two guys do not like each other at all. And, um, yeah. You know, the way those two guys are going at it, uh, night in, night out, uh, battling and, and fighting, you can you can just tell that Marcus Foligno doesn't want to shake Ryan Suter's hand at the end of the series <laughs> at center ice. That might be all the incentive that guy needs to, to make sure he's in bed real early every night. <laughs> Wes, on a, on a different note, I'm just kind of curious. Are you watch, I, Obviously, you're watching all the different games that are going on, but is there any of those series right now that stands out to you that you say, wow, that's a bit of a surprise, or... or or maybe that you're just amazed at the dominance that maybe one of the teams has right now. Um, no, there ha- well, there hasn't been any dominance. I think this is the first time in 13 years that uh, there has not been a, there's not going to be a sweep in the first round. So that just tells you like about the parody. Um, Seattle surprised me. I'm not going to lie. I thought Colorado would walk through them. Um, and, and, you know, Colorado had uh, Seattle had Colorado on the ropes up to nothing up there and, 
um, in Colorado in game two, you got to hope for wild fans if they happen to get through Dallas that 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 uh, Colorado doesn't continue to gain that momentum. But they've given the Avalanche everything uh, they can handle. Um, Natushkin has left the team for personal reasons. He did not play last night up in Seattle, and I'm not sure if a lot of Wild fans are aware of that. That's why I thought I'd mention it because it was a late game um, last night, and that's not nothing. That is not nothing at all. He's a great player. Um, the other, the, you know, the Los Angeles Edmonton. I've been playing, paying attention to that series a little bit. Um, I'm not surprised at all that Los Angeles, given everything, uh, Edmonton, everything they can handle. They play the that one-three-one trap. It's almost like they got a little Jock, a lot of Jock Lemaire in their game in Los Angeles. The way they play, and when you've got guys like Drysidle and and McDavid that love to score off of the rush, you the the Kings are forcing them to dump the puck in and have to try to retrieve it and get it back. And it's given them a chance. Uh, to 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 level the playing field, and uh, that's that's that series. I really do believe that LA is going to get by Edmonton. But uh, so there's been a lot of great hockey. Obviously, big mm-hmm. win last night for Toronto to to, uh, to get home ice back. And um, I wouldn't uh, uh, I wouldn't count out the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in that series with their credit with their with their cup credit and what they've done over the last three years. But just a lot of great hockey. And my favorite time of year yeah. is honestly the first round, guys. The way these players come out of the tunnel, like it's just uh, it's. <laughs> it's just incredible how much energy they have, and it's amazing. Wes mm-hmm. Walls joining us on the John Schuster Colwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Wes, you, you brought up Ryan Suter, and the other thing that couldn't be ignored on Friday night is is how much disdain the fan base uh, at the arena had for him. Every time he touched the puck, there was booing. There were chants that I can't repeat on air. Um, I'm curious, as a player, when I, I understand that it's fun to be the villain, right? You get juiced up when people boo you. But I'm curious when it's so loud like that. And and Ryan played here for a long time, and when he was here, he was beloved. Do do you think he hears it? Do you think he hears the boos? Do you think it would affect his his psyche as he's playing? I get that you can block that stuff out, but it was so loud on Friday. I, I find it hard to believe it could be ignored. Yeah, well, he, we all know Ryan and his game, and he's a very stoic player, right? There's not a lot of emotion in his game. Um, he he's he plays hard. He always has played hard, even when he wore, wore a wild jersey. I still go back to him breaking his ankle before the playoffs and getting his ankle basically put back together. I don't think he's missed a game since. Really, really remarkable what he's been able to do. But there's Dave, I couldn't agree more with you. There is no chance that that – doesn't wear on someone that's played in an organization and given their heart for, uh, you know, nine, 10 years. Um, the, the fans obviously have their feelings and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just, you know, a handful of it starting everything and everyone jumping in behind. We're kind of living that kind of a culture now in our world. So uh, I don't know if that's part of it, but um, we are all obviously hockey players, but we're all human beings. And, um, yeah. You know, maybe it, Ryan doesn't show it uh, on the uh, outward side, the emotional part of it, but I can tell you, I believe that that's got to be crushing him from the inside out. But uh, to me, it really hasn't affected his play. He still, uh, you know, just makes smart plays out there, and uh, he does a lot of the, you know, good things out there for the Dallas Stars. But um, that's going to continue. The the, the Suter Sucks chant is going to continue. We know that <laughs> again tonight. And I think, and I really do, I really do believe that the, the players are, are drawing off of this too. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a weird subplot to the series that I honestly didn't even see, I didn't see coming at all. You ever get booed when you played? <laughs> um, 
only in Calgary when my mom and dad were there and my dad and I, and I had and I had a bad game in Calgary. That would have been the only time my dad anyone would have probably booed me. But no. Well, you know what the playoffs are like? Like even in 03 coming out the tunnel like there was a yeah, there were some nasty things that you would hear heading out to, onto the ice or be over the penalty box. Stuff that you don't hear in the regular season. So all the freaks come out in the, during the playoff time. So it's it, it's fun, man. I got to tell you, it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, watching from the set the whole game, we had some uh, we had some hits uh, during the intermission. So I sat at the set the whole game and uh, got a chance to spend some time around the fans and just how into the game that they are. It's uh, it's uh, it's amazing, it really is. Love it. Well, there is something special about the about the wild and the fans and the the support, and you gotta love it, even when it's against you, Wes. Right? I mean, it almost motivates you. The booing, <laughs> it did for yeah. me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like it, it, it like if if that doesn't get your juices flowing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, then you don't have a heartbeat like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's uh, especially when you get out on the road, and and that that was that was. You know, I, I I love playing in St. Paul in front of our fans, but there's something different about playing on the road when everyone is kind of against you. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. different today, but back in the day, at least with those that, those expansion teams with the Wild, like we, those guys in that locker room in those early years with the Wild, like we everybody that we all had our own stories about why we didn't make. So we always we all had an edge on us. We all were all filled <laughs> with edge, and so we just loved getting out on the road. And we won a lot of road games in those uh, in those couple of those runs that we had. West Walls. Buddy, thanks so much for the time. Uh, assume we'll see you on TV tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, you will. All right, bud. <laughs> thanks a lot. We'll thanks. see you at the game. Thanks, Wes. Thanks. Okay, see you guys. Take care. West Walls joining us, the John Schuster Cowell Banker Hotline. Great stuff. Take a quick break, <laughs> and we'll come back with the fast break. Coming up next, you're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. And the real hero of the day, Charlie Weiss, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, that's still going. Whoops. Charlie, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, you know, I've been better, but uh, we're, we're making it work. A little under the weather here at the studio, but it's all right. We can uh, keep going, keep uh, doing right. the show. i got all a couple right. questions for you guys, so uh, let's get them rolling in here. Dave, I'm going to start with you today. Losers of six of seven. The Twins have fallen, of course, in, in the toughest division in baseball, the AL Central. Well, wait, wait a minute now. It looks like they haven't fallen. Uh, they're still somehow in first place in the AL Central. They are a game up on Cleveland, who got swept in a doubleheader yesterday in Miami with none other than Devin Smeltzer on the mound for the Miami Marlins yesterday. Wow. Somehow still in first, and they're the only uh, – the Twins are, that is. And they're the only AL Central team above 500 at this point in the season. So I got two questions for you. One – What's your concern level on this offense right now uh, with the Twins, which has been just very, very stagnant? And two, just how bad is the AL Central this year? <laughs> well, I mean, the Royals, the White Sox, the Tigers, the, and I mean, they're all not good. Uh, I, I, it, I have zero level of worry, first of all. It's a 162-game season, and the Twins have played 21 games. Um, there, there's so much time left, and and I don't have a um, a, a sciency background for this, but it seems like to me every season, Twins bats start colder when the weather's colder, and as it gets warmer, they heat up. And I don't know if that's 
I don't know if there's science to that. There is. I don't even know if I'm right. The ball flies better in, in warmer climates. Thank you. Well, you're much smarter than me. So I, and I, I just, <laughs> it seems like this happens a lot. And because the season is so long, and frankly, because I've seen some encouraging performances other than uh, Pablo Lopez had, had a tough time yesterday, our guy did, but uh, I, I still think that the pitching looks decent. And so I'm not super worried. I'd follow up with, I agree with you, Dave, I, wholeheartedly. I still like what Pablo's doing. I know he had, he gave up some runs. I get it in just four innings, but he's got a lot of strikeouts. Matter of fact, he's one of the leading guys in, in strikeouts in, in Major League Baseball. So I think he's still throwing well. There are times where pitchers, you know, they're going to have a little dip. We, we do need to find some bats. That's the one big concern that I think anybody who's watching would say. I, I think the pitching's fine. I am worried about the guys just, they need to find that rhythm. I mean, I'm I'm down here in Tampa, guys, where they lead in just about every single category there is. They're eighteen and three. They're twelve and zero at home, and they they continue to have great batting, great pitching. They're, 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 I consider them the Boston Bruins of baseball. I mean, they're they're great on both sides, pitching and hitting, and it's amazing to watch. But uh, the one thing the Twins can't do right now is get get enough runs. Yep, it's and... also eighty in Tampa. I'm just going to say, this all proves in to the my dome? theory. 80 in the dome? It's yeah, but dome, it's warmer it's anyway. Dome, it, just cha- it changes your psyche. You have a better approach to the plate when you're warm. And you know, anyway, I, I believe I read somewhere with uh, Pablo Lopez's start that his previous coldest start that he had ever played in was something like 56 degrees, and this was 38 at opening pitch. And, and that does affect guys. You know, If you haven't done it before and you're not used to that type of weather, that happens. Also, you know, you can't expect perfection out of every start, right? Uh, he's been pretty dang good up until now. Pete, over to you here for question two. The Wolves play tonight. They lose. They are out. You've already talked about it a little bit. They've had tough injury breaks with uh, McDaniels and Nas Reed. Um, but they've looked pretty bad. I think we can kind of say that, except for the notable exception of Anthony Edwards, who's been pretty good. Uh, but overall, they have not looked good uh, during this series. Last offseason, of course, we saw the massive Rudy Gobert trade. Uh, Mike Conley coming in as the president of basketball operations as well. My question to you, Pete, is this upcoming offseason going to be even busier than last? I think that they're, they're going to have to make some changes. We gave away so much in that trade, right? I mean, I think we all talked about that. I was willing to do it. I, I actually will absolutely say I, I thought that Rudy would be a, a great game changer for us. It hasn't really happened. We haven't seen it play out. And we've had Carl Anthony Towns on the floor enough. I know he missed a lot early on and everything else, but I do think that we lack on a couple of positions. And that's why you and I, Dave, we were talking about some of those injuries to Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed. We just can't afford not to be fully healthy. And that means we need to get a little bit better on the depth side. So I think they'll do some things. I don't think we're going to see any of the, the superstars get, you know, run off anywhere or traded or anything like that. But I do think we need to add somewhere where we can actually get a little bit better depth than we've got right now. Uh, I, I agree. My, my hot take for the offseason, here you go, mm-hmm. record this. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns will be somewhere else at the start of next season. Just a thought. I, I don't think you're alone right. in that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you're alone in thinking that. Uh, it's something. Something feels like it's gonna. It's gonna happen. Something's gonna break. And of course, there's now rumors of of Conley being up for the uh, 
the job in Washington. Uh, uh, he's got some family there. Rumors abound that he's a candidate to uh, leave after one season and then that Rudy Gobert trade. That would be an interesting uh, switch as well. Um, yeah. We'll move back to you here, Dave. It's portal season in college basketball. Things have been going nuts uh, with the portal. Something like a third of all players have entered. Um, and while the Gophers have gotten a commitment out of a all-conference point guard out of Pepperdine University in Southern California, that'll be a bit of a culture shock for him when he gets here. Uh, they seemingly have whipped on some other guys that they've allegedly talked to and haven't really been interested. How concerned are you for the upcoming basketball season and – does Ben Johnson last the year? Well, I, I'm very concerned, and I'm also not shocked. I mean, when you, when you when you go through the season that 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 you know they had, <laughs> no offense to to them, but if I'm you know a free agent, and that's let's be honest, that's what you are now in college, right? You can be a free agent and go wherever <laughs> you want. Why are you going? Why would you go to a, t- a team that that played so poorly this year? Because the only reason you would go there is because you can't go somewhere else, which then means you're not where you know the Gophers are not getting the top tier players. So, so I am concerned. Um, I am concerned for Ben Johnson. I, I, if this season doesn't go well, I, I'm concerned that maybe uh, a change can be made. And I don't necessarily think it's uh, his fault. I like him. I think he's a good coach. It just has not, for whatever reason, just hasn't come together here. So, the fact that they're not getting any of these, you know, free agents doesn't surprise me and it, it does worry me for next year because if, if they're not here then ultimately this team didn't take a step forward and why should we expect anything different than this year yeah I, I would agree with you Dave I, I I like Ben Johnson as a person but obviously the the results are the results and at some point in time you got to make those difficult decisions now I know it's been a very short period of time but that's the way it works these days it's it works that way in the NBA it works that way in all the professional sports it trickles down into these college sports as well because these are the revenue-gaining type sports. We're talking about football and basketball. I mean, that's where you get your revenue. And hockey at the University of Minnesota, thankfully. But the reality is that's about it, right? So you've got to have some sort of success. You've got to fill up these stadiums. You've got to have a team that people are willing to want to watch and has at least some promise of being somewhere other than the bottom three. So I, I think that that change probably needs to happen faster than probably most people think, and that's not a slap at Ben. It's just things aren't working, and I think there's a new direction they've got to take. Yeah, I mean, my, my thought is I don't even know if he lasts the season. If, if it's the same, you know, there were injuries last year. There are guys that are going to be back from, from injuries, and the freshmen are going to be sophomores and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's, uh, the, the, with all the things happening in the transfer portal, it has not been a, a promising start to the offseason, I think you could say. It's so hard, though, to fire a college coach in the middle of the season. It is. And what I mean by that is because there's just nothing. By the time you get to that point, it's too hard to turn anything around unless there's a coach on his staff that's, that's you know, you know that is the next big up-and-comer and you don't want to lose them somewhere else that I could see it. I think he lasts the season, but if if you know if they're two and seventeen again in the Big Ten, I don't see him well, I think, another. Chance. I think you want to be the first opening too, though. I think you want your your choice of of, of yes. crop. You want to be that first yeah. team in saying, "Hey, we got an opening. We're going to go after so and so." So I think there is benefit to that. Maybe you know not mid season or early season, but towards the end of the season, maybe a couple mm-hmm. games left if it goes as badly as it could and as it has this year. Let's move over to the football side of things. We'll talk a little bit more about the spring game coming up, but I'm going to start off here. 
uh, with more upbeat recruiting news from P.J. Fleck and company. Now rounding up a heck of an in-state class, five of the top nine players in the state now are in contention or uh, are committed to uh, P.J. Fleck's Gopher team. That includes this week a kid from, up from Elko, Minnesota, named Coy Parrish, who they beat out Michigan, they beat out Wisconsin, Washington. He was taking visits all over, getting offers everywhere. He's a safety, and he committed to the Gophers this week. My question for you, Pete, has this program finally progressed to the point where we should be expecting this? Should we now expect years where all of these top in-state kids are saying, you know what, I'm a gopher and I'm staying here? 100% yes. I think that uh, I've been around PJ a long time. And, you know, when I was up for the athletic director job, that was that was the guy that I was going to hire. And he did get hired, obviously. And I think it's because of the fact that he's infectious. He gets people excited. He does all the things that he needs to do as a college coach, and he can go out and get those recruits. And that's, you know, that's almost the exact opposite of what we've been seeing in basketball. We lose all our basketball players to other schools, the Gonzagas of the world and the Dukes and everybody else. But we managed to do a pretty good job with the football players. You can only give so many scholarships. We're not going to get them all. But if we get the top five or ten of of what we've got in the state of Minnesota, we're going to be doing an excellent job. And I think that's one thing. People who di- dislike P.J., well, they can. But the one thing he can prove to us is he can recruit and he will keep the Minnesota kids that he wants. does a great job of recruiting these kids each and every year. All right. Good call. Charlie, are we done? We are done. Good questions. Good questions. By the way, how did I miss that? We'll talk about it next. Pete Nigerian, possibly the athletic director at the U of M. I want well, to, I want to pro- <laughs> I would like to probe more into that, sir. Uh, we'll do yeah. that as on the other side of the break. <laughs> You're listening to the Huddle on 830 WCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.